Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 380. On this episode, we're doing things a little bit differently. Instead of our normal news, and then talking about a few shows, and then recommendations at the end with me and a couple of other people, I recorded this episode in segments at the Podcast Movement 2017 conference at the end of August. The first segment is with Troy Heinrichs from the Blacklist Exposed podcast. Or should I say, we found out the next night after recording the segment, the award-winning the Blacklist Exposed podcast. We talked a little uh, Game of Thrones, and then I was joined by Wayne Henderson, who, while he does do some uh, TV podcasts, I had to get his plug in there for his Packers fan podcast. We talked about the beginning of... Mr. Mercedes. Then I talked with Stephanie Zimmer from the TV Rewind podcast, where we talked about the middle part of this last season of Younger. And lastly, I talked to Jason Cabassi of the Walking Dead cast, where we again talked about Game of Thrones, as he also does a Game of Thrones podcast called Game of Microphones. So as usual, you will be able to find time codes for each segment of those conversations in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 380. Without further ado, here's the first segment. All right, I'm here with... Troy Heinrichs from the Blacklist Exposed at theblacklistexposed.com. Thanks for uh, joining me here, Troy. And uh, we're here to talk uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Season 7, Episode 6, Beyond the Wall, which is... Well, this year, it's the penultimate episode since they got the shortened season. And uh, so next week will be the finale. So what are you thinking about this season so far, this episode in particular, uh, that, that was season seven? I'm new to Game of Thrones because I actually binge-watched <laughs> 60 episodes in 20 days to get ready for the seventh season. And I have to say, so far, season seven has been weird. To say the least. <laughs> well, you just did a you just did a quick binge watch of slow moving seasons to then watch a fast moving season slowly. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> I feel like I crossed the national dateline and then came back again during eclipse or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been that's what do you what do you think of that as having seen all of it so recently and being able to you know have it right there and then. To see how it's been paced in this in this season, because that's the one thing for me that's that stuck out. Like it it pulls me out of it while watching it. Like in this last episode, it opens with them walking and walking and walking and walking and walking, and then when they you know get caught up and they send somebody out. He runs back really fast, and he sees it. You're not sure, like, how much time passed, and he sends a raven, and then she's able to fly over with dragons, and you're like, how long have they been sitting on this little island in the middle of the frozen water? And I I, I start thinking about these things instead of all the, you know... Intricacies and the plots uh, yeah, and the devices. And everything and... That's, that's, like, really going on. Like, it, it's, it's... I've liked that it's sped up somewhat... But the way that they've done it, I lose track of time 
where it seems like one storyline has progressed really far, but you're watching something happening, like with, uh, you know, uh, Sansa and them up there, and you're like, has Arya been back like a week? Has she been back months? Like how? Like what's going on? Because meanwhile, they're traveling all over the place over here by by boat and stuff like that, and they're here and they're back and they're here and they're back, and all this stuff's happening. So I don't know how. Well, that I, for you? I think it's interesting because when you think about the fact that they had all the book material to pull from, and now they're in this non-book material <laughs> space, do you see the, I guess we'll call them TV tropes of writing? Because that's what I feel like this has felt, fallen into. Before you could say, well, here's the game plan. Map out your ten episodes. You know the run times and everything. And now here you get this kind of like mandate of it's going to end in two seasons. And the only material we have is these 13 episodes and you're just kind of like but there's so much material yet that you could be and we, doing and we need to get to this end point in mind and we only yeah we only have this many episodes to do it and so uh yeah it's, it it really has like i said pulled me out of it because like somebody will leave someplace and then you'll go over here and you're watching that and then you come back to them and they're they're where they've gone, where last season it might be three episodes before they get there. <laughs> before they get there. And I mean, Dragon Travel's one thing, right? Yeah. Dragon should be able to cover this land pretty darn quickly. So, did, you know, in this episode specifically, Danny getting from Dragonstone to the Wall doesn't seem that far-fetched. But a bird going from <laughs> the middle of winter with all these winds and swirling and... You know, if she can even get as far south as the twins even, let alone get to Dragonstone, you know, the bird's going to die on the way to Dragonstone. So the bird, the raven getting there is is a little bit suspect, to say the least. But then it's like, if I remember from season six, they're fighting the army of the dead right along the Eastwatch Bay. Like, how far away is that from the Eastwatch Tower well, yeah. Well, they they seem to have gone like way back inland to exactly. come back around. To it's come. Like, like, well, we know East Watch is kind of there, but we don't really want to go in the water because we had that problem. So let's go back to Castle Black. Yeah. You know that that's that's been another thing too, where you, they keep saying that they're coming, and you're like, shouldn't they be there? But like. Because when you see them, they're not exactly slow. No, we see, we see the Army of the Dead in Season 6 and in Season 7, and when you're seeing the Horde, you're like, those guys run fast! Yeah. Well, they Why came did upon so long to get there? They came upon them in this episode. Like, all of a sudden, they're like, and you just see them swarm down and, and you know, surround them from all, all directions. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the, that's the one thing with this season. While I like having seen characters that haven't met before finally meeting and things like that that's happening and a lot more of of characters back together because we've had a lot of in of characters on their own a lot and stuff like that where we've seen uh things taking place and so i like that but the it still seems like they could have done better after you know, even though, like you said, they don't have exact things from the book to pull from, you would think they'd have six seasons of how they've paced things out and that they would try and work within that. Even if you do speed things up, you still have to, uh, you know, like maybe you don't show the whole journey there, but you still have to make it feel like time has passed 
in all the storylines. Right. Because I feel like if Cersei's pregnant, she should be, like, really, really pregnant by now. Not just a little bit pregnant. Or, Very true. <laughs> or something. I mean, it is a fantasy world of which we're watching, but these things that they're that they ha- that are happening take place in a normal sort of sense that we know so it's not like uh, these things are that much different or that we've seen that things work uh, different time frames or whatever well, in, I mean Melisandre did give birth to a demon after all so <laughs> maybe the lord of light works in mysterious yeah. ways and there's teleportation or something I don't know yeah, yeah it really is uh, uh, yeah quite the uh, interesting thing there but uh, what do you think of the the different uh, story elements that we've gotten within I think the story elements are exactly where we should be at this point. I think the problem is is the travel time. It's really the because we're talking about how um, the the Unsullied went all the way over to Casterly Rock, and then they're there, and then Greyjoy comes in and kills the, all their ships. So it's like, well, how are they going to get back? It's going to be like weeks before they get back to you know Dragonstone or King's Landing or something, right? Because they got to trek across the continent to get there. And yet, at the same time, like she's from Dragonstone to the arm, you know, outside King's Landing's gates, torching all of the people <laughs> in the army. That it just seems very unplausible at this point that this stuff could actually be happening because it's been so very methodical for the first six seasons. And the the thing that I think for me that's a little binge watching it and just getting all of the information so fast and so furious. That by the time season five, halfway through season five, came around, you were kind of like, okay, it's getting drawn out now. Let's end the show. It's kind of how I felt at about five and a half. And then, you know, then obviously the the set, the, the sept blows up and you're like, oh man, that's awesome. So I felt like they had this momentum coming out of season six that just squandered for some reason when they got to seven. Like Danny shows up at Dragonstone. Everybody that's been watching the show for seven years is like, oh my gosh, this is such a glorious moment. We've been waiting for this forever. Someone who's binge-watching it is going, okay, she's coming to a place that was previously held by Baratheon, who now is dead. Someone else could be occupying it, and yet no one scouted it out ahead of time. They just show up on the shore. And for me, I'm like, if I got dragons, and I'm the queen, the mother of dragons... I'm riding a dragon and landing on top of the castle and making a claim in some giant grand entrance. I'm not just like, ooh, look, sand. And then they're walking across the bridge coming up, and you're like, well, if Greyjoy's out there, he could just blow up that bridge because it's over the water and take them all out at once. So I think there's just some, some storytelling decisions that have really detracted from the greatness of the political drama that it was. And I think that somehow they have to get back to a political drama. I think they they played up so much of the mystical... I mean, the pilot itself had the White Walkers in the woods. So to have that mysticalness set up from the beginning... And they've been walking a really long time to get to I mean, it, it, the whole concept of the, of the mystical character of the show, it just seems like they forgot about that for six years, and now they're throwing magic, 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 magic. You know, you know, lightening up the swords with their hands and, you know, getting a flame sword. And then the White Walkers with magical dragon-killing spears. The Iron Spear can't do it, but an Ice Spear can. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, completely bloodlet a dragon in one shot. Which, by the way, can we just talk about how the Ice King isn't going to throw the spear at the dragon that's on the ground stationary? 
He's gonna, he's gonna magically trace the sky with his hand and throw it at the one that's flying. I think he would take the high percentage shot personally, but who knows? Yeah, well, you know, he's putting on a show for the uh, right. for, for the audience. See, this I'm just letting you know I could have got you here. And then, right. and then, if you would have killed the one that was stationary on the ground. You wouldn't have needed to find magically five quarter-mile-long chains in the middle of nowhere to pull a dragon up out of the bottom of the ocean. Not only that, but apparently they were stopped by falling into the water, but yet somehow went down and attached chains in the water <laughs> to the... Like, uh, I mean, you saw some of them fall in and then climb back out to try and you know and grab John... And stuff like that. So it's not that the you know like water kills them or something like that, but it definitely stopped them in their tracks as to like, well, we've fallen through. I really don't so, want to do that. So we're stopping. It stopped. The, they stopped at the you know at the water. You know, we talked about right. in previous seasons and stuff. And so, so that, so that so just seemed to me that somebody they, they're just like, oh well, uh, we need a few of you to take these chains down and hook it up to the dragon. And see, this is the thing. I don't remember nitpicking in such a way the first six seasons yeah there's been i mean there's probably been i mean there's been plenty of stuff to do and every once in a while there might be something that 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 does that but it's been so stark in contrast to where it's been before that it's the thing like it's the thing of this season like it's the thing that sticks out more than the story elements, and and even when that, as soon as as soon as the dragon got hit with the spear and fell, I was like, oh well, we saw a bear at the beginning, and we've seen <laughs> we've seen the horses and things like and the, that, and, and, the giants. And, and different things. So you're just like, yeah, that's going to be a, an ice know, dragon. This <laughs> is going to be, yeah, we're just going to go along and be a zombie dragon, and uh, and so even that type of stuff, like the way they filmed it all the way down, like you're just like with the big blue eye at the end, you're just like, that's, uh, I knew that was going to happen as soon as you killed the dragon. Like, you, you've complete. it wasn't a surprise or something like that, that all of a sudden uh, that was going to happen. And we've seen everybody that gets killed by them becomes them. I mean, we've watched that. Right. And the we're, previous, specific, we're specifically told, hey, we got to burn his body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we've seen in previous, like, we there's a big battle, and then as, you know, John's leaving, and the, the ones that make it away, you see all the... And them come back alive. Uh, and, and all of their people that had died there come back and become part of that force. And so, uh, so yeah, there's just a... There's been a lot of stuff like that in this season that... Well, there's still a lot of stuff unanswered, too. The first children, the first men, and how this even came to be, and how wargs can happen, and how the Three-Eyed Raven can happen, and why you can die on one side of the wall and come back somewhat normal, and then you come back on the other side of the wall and you come back as a zombie. You know? <laughs> and there's just a lot of answers that still we don't have. Yeah, And I feel like we're... I hate to say that we're coming down... For some people, think that they didn't get the lost answers... But it almost feels like that same way. They were told, hey, you've got two seasons to end this. Give everybody everything that they've ever wanted. You know, like a smorgasbord. And then you're going to come to the end and be like, well, that really wasn't as satisfying as I thought it was. Yeah, well, to go the lost angle, that was a a show that people got so into 
all of the side questions and stuff like that, and then at the end, the the people creating the show was like, oh, well, that's not the show we've been doing all this time. We've been telling the story of the... Of Jack. <laughs> we've just been telling the story of these people and stuff like that. All that all that stuff was happening on the island and uh, Hanso Corp and all that stuff. That's, uh, Don't worry about that, it. Uh, we know that you've created message boards and been like sucked into that, and, and we loved it. And, and we even helped push that angle for a while even though we had no intention of ever uh, so i hope it's not something like that because there is so many things like this that uh, i hope they get to well just and, the line- and lineages alone right yeah. with like yeah. you know how the targaryens came to power like all the battles they talked about to get rid of the mad king i mean you have so many stories you can go back to and pull information from to inform the current storyline that you could be doing that right now and have 10 episodes in the season rather than I mean, the, the biggest thing that everybody's talking about, of course, is Danny and John. And now <laughs> here she's like, okay, I see that you were stabbed as what was being alluded to. And so we don't know how she's thinking that. Does she think that he died, came back to life, you know, what's going through her head? And yet they hold the hands and you get that, oh, we're holding hands. Maybe we shouldn't be holding hands because <laughs> you're my aunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, well, in that, that type of stuff, too, was... Uh, like it, they did give you a scene of Bran saying, "You know, I'm not really Bran anymore, and like I'm, I'm the Three Eyed Raven, and so like this type of stuff does it." But even within that, he's seen all these different things and has like all this information, uh, and yet that, chooses not to share it with anybody. Yeah, yet hasn't told anybody anything. Uh, instead, mentions you know random things like. Oh, hey, is a ladder. Like, 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 oh, hey, Sansa. I, oh, yeah, I saw you have the worst, <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Not, oh, hey, I know this thing, this thing, this yeah. thing, and this thing about people that are related to us and things hey, like Sansa, that. I know you're my sister, but I watched you get raped, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for uh, being glad I'm back. <laughs> and, uh, and stuff. And so, yeah, there was a... Uh, there's there's been some weird stuff like that too where people have information but aren't even sharing it with people you would think they would share it with right you know like <laughs> uh, and some of that type of stuff within how fast things have been going it feels like their intention that's another thing that's pulled me out of it at times is that it seems that they're intentionally not telling this information not because story-wise it shouldn't be taking place, but because they don't want us to be able to actually confirm things yet. Like, we have all the, you know, like you said, yeah. you know, aunt and nephew <laughs> type of stuff, but they don't want all these different pieces to actually come together and give you uh, actual confirmation of things like that and so that type of stuff's been bothering me too while they've sped up and they have fewer and fewer episodes they still seem to be holding back on things but not because the story dictates but because they need to have that character not say stuff so that we don't know as an audience and i hate that i hate that in the show when you can tell that a show is is just doing something so the audience doesn't know yet but yet it makes no sense for this information not to have gotten out <laughs> into the 
to other characters and things like that in the show. Well, and Tyrion and Cersei Lannister, I think, are the the victims, I guess you'll say, for season seven. Because they were the shell. I mean, you, you live for a Tyrion speech or a Tyrion drunken escapade or whatever. And then you Cersei being as bitter as she was and her conversations... It almost seems like those two characters have been written out of the show almost. You get Tyrion is like, please don't go, Mother of Dragons. Don't, please don't go. It's like, that's not Tyrion. He's not a groveler. You know, it, it's just, it's so frustrating to see where it's at right now to know that we're going to get the finale on this coming Sunday. And then it's almost over. And there's supposed to be these, you know, grand epic 90-minute episodes next season or whatever. But at the same time, it's... Is it going to be this warp speed, <laughs> yeah. you know, real, out-of-the-box, mystical kind of concept, or is it going to go back to the political drama that I think most people love the most? Yeah. But even with that type of stuff, when you see some of the extended episodes or doing more, you just go, so you, if you're actually filming, you know, I thought we were doing short, shorter seasons, less episodes because of cost and things like that and wanting to finish up. It seems like you could have just done two more seasons of ten episodes and slowed it down just a tad in some of these things. And I mean, don't get me wrong, if they're spending the entire budget on Drogon and the dragons, I'm all good because yeah. I've waited six seasons to see the dragons wreak havoc across Westeros, but it's like at the same time, the dragons look so good it, it, you go, well maybe we could have just had one dragon in the shot instead of three just so we could have fleshed out an extra episode or two. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, what are you uh, hoping to see in the in the finale? Well, I I hope for whatever we sat through this past Sunday with Beyond the Wall that the plan actually works because otherwise the plan is just <laughs> stupid. Like I don't know how a frozen walker is going to get south for summer anyway. From that perspective, like maybe he melts along the way or something. But if they can actually get in front of Cersei with a walker, I mean. Stranger things have happened. Maybe they all fight the walkers and everybody's happy at the end of the day. <laughs> or Cersei goes, oh, there's an army that isn't on my side? I'm going to go get that army. And then Cersei <laughs> becomes a walker herself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it did seem with the preview that we were going to get a lot more, at least in the, the political realm of uh, the big grand meeting of all these uh, different sides to... Uh, because uh, now we have, of the major uh, competing sides, we now have Danny having seen. You know, right. She didn't need to. Have, now that she went, she could. Uh, she she's seen too, and so. Whatever you uh, want, John. I'm, yeah. I, I, I get it. I understand yeah, now. Now, <laughs> this, this is way more important. Like it doesn't matter, which is true. Like it doesn't matter if I, who's sitting on this throne. If we can't figure out a way to stop this army, because their army just grows as they kill our army, you know. And so, speaking of killing them and stuff like that, did it bother you at all that it didn't seem that they took any of the dragon glass with them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that they got on the boat and that they didn't at least take We're like some, like a, like a bag or something. And this goes back to the whole concept of the mysticalness of the show. Like, they talked about forever about Valerian steel and old Valeria, and we get to see old Valeria when uh, they go through with um, with Tyrion and he gets touched with the, with the stone men and everything. And you're kind of like, this is cool because this is history of Westeros, and you want to get that information... And then here we have a simple Valerian sword 
killing a walker and then magically killing everybody around him except the one they need, <laughs> which I thought was a little far-fetched as well. Oh, well, if we take one out, we take them all out. Yeah. Except one guy that we need. Well, apparently that one wasn't killed by that one. <laughs> Converted or touched by that one. Yeah, apparently... Uh, so we're talking about Valerian Steel yeah, apparently, versus the Dragon Glass. Yeah. But apparently know? it has... Uh, we've now figured out that zombies in this world are like vampires and others. <laughs> like you got one that creates the others and then they're all attached. You kill the one and it kills the others. Uh, the other oh, so thing that, that bothered that was, me... That was the Lost Boys, right? Yeah, the other thing that bothered me in there was, like, he chops one down and it kills, like, all of them, but yet in a fight with just the, you know, like, the zombie ones, it it's like the sword just works sort of normally. Like, it, it, it seemed yeah, like... Yeah, like, that, like, they're, like that they're killing humans as if they're... <laughs> yeah, the zombie, like, you would assume, like, half the zombie would still be coming at you. Or that there would be something about the... The Valerian Steel, but that was the thing that bothered me. I was like, they're not just heading in with just the one sword that John has, like, that can kill a White Walker. Like, that's not... But then they did. That's what they went in there. Nobody had any... Nobody pulled out any dragon glass. Nobody, yet, they wanted to make this deal. They found the, the, maybe, all this. And, maybe we'll just find one walker that's out for a piss or something, have, you know? Yeah, they couldn't have just... Chopped a little off and yeah. took a bag of it with them. I don't know. That's that's other. That's those are things like that too. That well, the problem was was that we didn't have enough time on the boat to get there <laughs> to sharpen it down because it only took a half a day to get there. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like yeah, you had plenty of time in the on the boat ride to be able to do something with it or uh, be able to to have something like that with them. Like the whole point of going there was to get access to this thing, and then you didn't take any with you on your plan to go capture one. Uh, yeah, it didn't... Uh, didn't sit so That well. didn't sit well with me either. Just another thing that pulled me out of the episode. In the midst of all this awesomeness of dragons flying, <laughs> dragons flying around and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like it's become like the... this. Look at what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> versus the... Oh, we want to tell a good story. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to next week if it's really going to... Because, I mean, that's sort of how the, the seasons have worked. You get the big battle-type yeah, yeah, thing it, it, in the... Nothing's ever made sense along the way, and then it all kind of comes together in this pre-penultimate <laughs> battle, which then sets up the, oh, that's how it all came together. <laughs> so if, it, if we can finally say after this season... Oh, that's how it all came together. Well, then it did its job, and it's great. You know, if we get to next week, and it's going to be like WTF, I got to wait another year for more of this. Yeah, I might not watch last season or more, or however long it takes them to get to these uh, super six last episodes. So Crazy. yeah, that's uh, but yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I think and, we could continue on forever talking about the things well, that and, bothered us, and, and not to leave Ari and Sansa out of the equation because yeah. that was the other part of this episode. Some people hated their exchanges and just felt like it pulled them out of the episode. I think that was the only good part of the episode because <laughs> at least it made sense and it was more like the old show. Yeah. You know, I think the battle between the two of them is quite interesting to see how that's going to play because it really shows Sansa to say. Look, I know that I came with the Army of the Veil. I know I came with Littlefinger, but I don't want to be on Littlefinger's side. So it's interesting to see where Sansa's head is at this point and to see just how messed up Arya actually is that she won't even believe her own sister, that she's yeah. really only... She's not... She is a girl with no name at this point and no house. She's really her own assassin massacre person. 
So it'd be interesting to see where that all leads. Yeah, and that... Uh, and with Brienne, uh, Brienne of Tarth going down there <laughs> instead of Sansa, what is that going to do for the whole meeting of the minds for this political upheaval that's going to be happening next week? Yeah, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that we get more of the... A lot of the, you know, the political stuff, the... Uh, we're going to get a whole bunch more characters that have never really interacted with potentially interacting and stuff like that. And so hopefully that'll be the thing that sort of saves the season. <laughs> saves the season. <laughs> they'll be like, all right. Like, uh, they'll still have all probably gotten there too fast <laughs> to, to, to this meeting of the minds. But yet, if the if the meeting turns out to be good, maybe it'll be... It'll all be worth it. And we got to remember, Sam is out there rowing in a boat, so is he going to be like Gentry? And <laughs> yeah. next season we'll be like, oh, you're still rowing again. Yeah. <laughs> At least that was one thing they they actually a little fan service. They actually uh, threw in through that episode, <laughs> threw that line in. There. Like, oh, you're not still out rowing in a boat. Good. I thought it awesome. might find you here. So yeah, well, uh, thanks Troy for uh, joining me here on uh, this. Different episode of TV Times Times 3 (laughs) to uh, talk some Game of Thrones. Good times. Thanks, Jason. And joining me now, Wayne Henderson from your Packers fan podcast. (laughs) Got to get that football podcast in there since we're rolling into football season here. Anytime I can. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, brought Wayne on here to talk about uh, Mr. Mercedes, the... Audience Network, DirecTV slash AT and T, whatever. If you have the their cable version, you can get to the you can get at the show. But uh, based on the Stephen King series, and the last episode to air before we talk here was uh, season one, episode two, "On Your Mark." And uh, so overall, so far, a couple episodes in, what are you thinking about the about the show? I know that. Uh, some other Stephen King adapt- adaptations recently have, in the past few years have not been so great. So what are you thinking about Mr. Mercedes so far? Are you referencing Under the Dome? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it could be Under the Dome. <laughs> Wayne used to do an Under the Dome podcast. Uh, um, so far, I know we're only two episodes in, but from what I've seen, Mr. Mercedes is one of the most faithful adaptations of a Stephen King book series that we've seen on TV. I mean, even The Mist is almost as bad as Under the Dome. So, Mr. Mercedes, I've got high hopes, and I had no idea that there was so much talent on the show until I started watching. I've seen her before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Mary Louise Parker shows up in here in episode two, and no sign of her in the first episode, and you're like, wow, is it really... Oh, wow, there's... All these people, you know, and uh, yeah, the cast is uh, is pretty phenomenal. It's it's, uh, it's really good. But uh, what do you think on the? Uh, you sort of mentioned being a faithful a- adaptation. So, are you into those type of books and things like that? I mean, you've done Under the Dome. You like Stephen King is a big. Uh... Yeah, I really enjoy a lot of Stephen King books, uh, especially the Dark Tower series. And I know there's a. A lot of different opinions on how the Dark Tower series translated into a movie. However, um, the Mr. Mercedes, the Bill Hodges trilogy, he's the main detective on the show, they are kind of a departure for Stephen King as far as, you know, they're not a horror story necessarily, 
but I really think Stephen King hit a, a new high. You know, he might have had a few little dips, but the Bill Hodges trilogy, especially the first book, Mr. Mercedes, is just excellent and thought-provoking, creepy, disturbing, definitely not for kids, the TV show or, nor the books. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely true. It still does have that, I don't know, that little tinge of... I mean, it's more psychological thriller yeah. type type of stuff, but it has a little bit of, especially when you some of the scenes that they show and stuff like that, and you can and some of the the things that they sort of hint at have a little bit of a horror ish tinge to them uh, and things like that. But it's definitely more of a of a psychological thriller detective uh, story that you know the the battle between you know the detective and and the you know that case that he's <laughs> that he's never been able to solve, like the, the 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 case that's out there, and so yeah, I've really liked the the first couple episodes. I they're they move along at a a kind of a slow pace, but you don't sit there going, "Wow, when is this going to be over?" Like it, right. the, the the characters and the story and stuff that you're seeing is keeping you. Uh, uh, drawn in with the conversations they're having between people and the the you know the messages and things that keep showing up uh, from uh, from episode to episode that he keeps finding and they keep drawing him in uh, you know all the way down to the you know, let's play you know, here at the end of uh, episode two uh, so yeah so uh, what do you think about the the story as TV show it's is it is it working? You said it's a faithful adaptation, but is it sometimes there needs to be some changes from how things go in a book to how things go in a in a series? So you think it's working? It's working well as as a TV show, keeping you Absolutely. sucked in on the story and uh, from episode to episode here in the first couple. Absolutely, Jason. It's I can't put a finger on it, but I do like that it has a slower pace. Maybe it's because there are so many other shows that just think they have to whiz-bang everything so fast all the time that having a slower pace where you can really watch and think about what might be going on inside the head of Bill Hodges or the neighbor lady, and I forget her name right now, uh, or even what on earth is the deal with Brady Hartsfield. I mean, obviously Stephen King being the, the writer behind it, he seems to be a bit of a sick, twisted puppy, so he's able to really channel that into Brady Hartsfield. And you just try to figure out what are they thinking, and then you start noticing that Brady is... Well, he's got a few different jobs, and it's interesting how they all kind of triangulate. Uh, this can't be good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mentioned it uh, earlier when we were talking before we started recording, and I think I mentioned it... Uh, on the last podcast when we were talking about the first episode of the show is when you see Brady sort of this creepy look as he's looking down the street at, uh, at detective Hodges and out on this front lawn, you know, looking at the the tennis ball with the happy face on mm-hmm. it. And he's got that, you know, it's a, it's super creepy just the way he's looking. And then, he reverts right back to, oh, I'm selling ice cream, and hey, kids, how's it going, and stuff like that. <laughs> and we see a couple of, we see a couple of scenes like that too here, where uh, in the second episode, where the manager at the 
at the the place that they work, you know, the I forget the name of the place, but you know, the Best Buy ish type place yeah, that they work in. Take as, on Best Buy as a ta- as tech support, you know, uh, fixing things and computers and things like that. Uh, that the their manager, their boss, uh, has a little computer mishap at the end of the day where his laptop blows up in his face. Literally blows up in his face. I hate when that happens. Yeah. And and uh, and Brady's and the boss had talked to him earlier about being weird and uh, and his other coworker about the way they treat customers and and things and uh, and so you're left at the end where you're not quite sure. Like at first, you're not quite sure. Like who? Like either one of them probably could have done it. Like could have, could have tweaked something on the laptop to make it. Uh, but she says something about it and then, and then his reaction is, is a little strange. Like it's, he's almost too happy about, oh, and, and he thinks we're the weird ones, you know, cause he was, well, he was watching porn when the thing blew up in his face. Uh, and, uh, but he's kind of there and then he, he kind of switches like this little light switches on like. Where he's putting, it feels like he's putting out like this fake persona, like he's trying to, to, but even she kind of looks at him a little strange in that that episode, like that. Seems a little, like maybe the boss is right. Maybe you are a little off. Maybe you are a little weird, yeah, and I, not in a it's okay weird way. <laughs> like something might be really wrong here. Way. Yeah, that guy, the manager of that. St- electronic store definitely has an unusual staff and the fact that she with as obnoxious and rude as she is that even we get that glimpse i think it was acted really well the way you can tell that she is starting to think that you know brady hartsfield uh maybe i better be a little more careful around him because i think he's just gone off his rocker yeah it's a Definitely, and if you look at what we've seen from the first episode and things of what his home life growing up was probably not the best. Oh, you just wait. So you know you don't know how messed up he was to begin with, and you know if something was wrong, and then that just only helped to bring that out in him or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we've uh, we've seen some definitely some. Uh, uh, some weird things uh, from him, and I can only imagine that we're we're going to see we're going to see a lot more by the time we hit the end of this. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be like it's, a, it's short. I think it's only I think it's ten episodes, so we're getting a we're two episodes into ten. It's working on that. Well, that one seems to be the new model of shows. There's a lot of stuff is uh, in that ten episode to twelve, you know, or eight to thirteen type of thing. And uh, I like it. Yeah, I think it's it's like just enough to like really be able to like get into some things, but not too much that you start feeling like there's episodes of filler to like make it get to thirteen or something like that. And uh, for a lot of these stories, because, you know, you're adapting a book and a lot of these adaptations used to be adapted into a movie. And so, like, lots of stuff would get cut and things right. down to, like, the brass tacks of, like, what you actually need to 
to still tell the the story uh, well enough, and you know, or hit on the main points and stuff like that. Here, you can delve into some of the side characters a little more and stuff, but not overly. Where uh, I think that uh, it's definitely going to fall into. I mean, speed wise, it, to me, it really reminds me of Broadchurch. Is the most recent one that I've watched in that in that uh, you know detective that's past his prime a little bit or like something that's had problems, has a case that has bothered him for quite some time, uh, getting another crack at it or something similar to it. And uh, it has that feel here. And uh, I, I like those. I like to be able to, I like the idea that this could, you know, cover, uh, the you know, the first season could cover the book and, they could move on, you know, a season two. You could follow the second book. You could follow the second book and and stuff like that, uh, and uh, and get you know where you can really you get that long movie sort of feel where you get that uh, ten episodes of there's something that happens in each episode, but there it's not uh, you're not solving anything in an episode, and so it really is a long story. And but you feel like there's it does have that uh, something happens at the end, like they get to a certain <laughs> point that something happens and you just go, okay, I want to see. And, you know, the first one was the look from the ice cream truck, and you're like, oh, now I want to, I want to see. And then the next one is uh, the detective now going, all right, <laughs> I'm. A, I'm a. He's gone and talked to some other people and found out some other stuff uh, that what's happening to him is maybe happened to. You know, to the person who uh, owned the vehicle that was stolen and and was used uh, in the crime back then, and so now you've got now you, it's almost like he sobered up a little bit. You know, not that he's yeah. going to stop drinking necessarily, but it feels like he had a, a like a sobering moment when he heard Mary Louise Parker's character was the sister of uh, the woman whose car was stolen uh, for that you know was used to kill all these people. And uh, when he starts hearing what she has to say, he goes, huh, Les. Exactly. <laughs> there's definitely a, that was definitely a moment where you're like, okay, and then you can see at the end. He's like, game on. He's like, yeah, game on, let's go. It'll be interesting to see if, as the series progresses, if he kind of showers more, <laughs> cleans himself up a bit more. Uh, well, you kind of have this feeling like maybe he starts to do that a little bit, and then there'll be some incident or something that'll make him regress back into something, and then come back out of it again to, uh, you know, maybe solve it by the by the end of uh, uh, of what's going on. But and it's a little bit of a twist because he's not a detective anymore; he's retired. Yeah. So he's got to try to fudge around with the rules a little bit. Yeah, well, I like that. I like that scene when the security guard guy rolls up on him, and just sitting there watching yeah. the house. And he's like, "Well, we can have this conversation about whether I should be here or not. As soon as you show me the credentials, <laughs> whether yeah. you're allowed to be here and ask me these things." Uh, and then uh, you know, has and he, he? But it showed you that he still has, like, when he is not drunk <laughs> yeah he's and when he is smarts. about him he's got the smarts he remembers all the stuff uh, he's uh, you know he's quoting little regulations and things <laughs> in the in the city code and stuff like that of what what they're allowed to do and things and so yeah you can see that he does like when he is uh, 
that he that he probably was a really good detective and uh, things like that. And now, by the end of the episode, it sets up. You're like I think you're like fully set up on okay. Now they're going to go back and forth, and now he's almost in the. I'm going to provoke the other guy and see what I can get. Uh, if I can get some sort of extra responses besides just what I've been getting, and uh, I don't know, do you have the same same feeling at the end of like each episode? It has that the stuff that's going on is pretty good, but it has that hook moment at the end yeah. that goes, "Oh, I wish I had the next episode right now." Like es- I liked, especially at the end of episode two, that hour or what whatever it was whizzed by so fast and. When that scene happened, I thought we were going to get a bit more. <laughs> I guess we have to wait till yeah. uh, till this week. A couple days from now, we'll get to see what happens next. Yeah, you just get you see Brady seeing the message that was sent, and then it goes to credits, and you're like, "Ah, oh, wait!" <laughs> and knowing how messed up Brady Hartsfield is, he's probably not expecting that kind of message. And I don't know if they're going to touch on much of his backstory in the series. And I won't give any spoilers because the book's really good. But suffice to say, Brady Hartsfield has been messed up for a long time. Yeah, I think... I'm trying to remember. It's been a little while now since Comic-Con when, we talked to the cat, when I talked to the cast. Uh, but I think they touched on that they, we were going to see some of like how he got to be <laughs> like he well, is and stuff like that. It's, it's very and, disturbing, uh, <laughs> but... Based on what we saw in the opening scene of the first episode, and later in the episode with his mom, apparently they're not afraid to go anywhere on this series. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's and it's almost... I haven't really watched a ton of Audience Network stuff, but since it is like only part of that... Uh, I mean, Cable has a different set of stuff that they can do as opposed to broadcast. Uh, I mean, technically, I think they could pretty much do what HBO and stuff like that do if they really wanted to, but they tend to have... Pre- or Cable seems to have, like, a, a an intermediary standard between, oh. like, broadcast... What, what's allowed on broadcast and what they can... what they do on the premium cable uh, channels. And, uh, but yeah, they seem, they seem to be hitting on some topics, but in a way that they're showing you some some things and stuff like that too. They're not just they're not alluding to everything. They're actually putting it, yeah, uh, putting it out there. So uh, it's yeah, it's sort of hitting that that mid middle of the road of you know they're on their own network on their own cable and satellite uh, system, so they can pretty much do whatever they want. Almost. Yeah. If you think if you thought that Norman Bates had mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely, but, uh, so overall recommended, I think we're both, we both are, uh, they're definitely, uh, recommended if you have Audience Network, or if you know somebody that does, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you can, uh, invite yourself over <laughs> on a weekly basis or something <laughs> <Exactly>. like that. Exactly. <laughs> when, when the kids are already asleep, preferably, because, you know, uh, it's yeah. out of control, but I highly, highly recommend it. I haven't seen a TV series this en- engrossing since since The Leftovers. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Wayne, for uh, your podcast movement that we're uh, doing some, well, it's one-on-ones instead of uh, three people uh, all the time. So it's a little bit of a different format this uh, this week on the podcast, but yet 
doing some live recording uh, here with uh, people in person as we're here at the uh, podcasting conference. And uh, so uh, thanks, uh, thanks again for joining me. Thanks again for having me on, Jason. And uh, let's see what happens next on Mr. Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And joining me now is... Stephanie Zimmer from TV Rewind Network. Thanks for uh, joining me here at Podcast Movement to talk some TV, uh, Stephanie. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Younger, uh, Season 4, Episode 8, uh, The Gelato and the Pube is the last episode uh, that aired uh, since uh, before this recording, and so... What are you thinking about the show so far in season four and some of the things that uh, went down in this episode? Really been enjoying it. I'm a huge fan of Liza and Charles, so that story keeps moving along, so I appreciate that. And now we have this interception of his ex-wife, and it's causing all kinds of strife for the two of them, but he's like, I like you, it doesn't matter that she's here, so I'm kind of like that. Yeah, that was. I have to say, I didn't see that coming. Like, what? Like when they were when they were doing that. Like, uh, I. It was also you. You almost sort of didn't remember. I mean, you knew he had kids, but you didn't really remember. Like that. Like, and you knew that he was single. You didn't. You never had seen him. Uh, you know, with anybody. And you sort of had forgotten that that was you know sort of something in his backstory. And so to have it come out in this way and what she's writing a tell-all book of what yeah. the relationship was and yeah. why she why she left uh, was an interesting sort of twist that uh, I, I, I quite enjoyed it it sets up another sort of like love triangle on a reverse scale now with the since she the ex-wife is still interested in him as as well as Liza so yeah but, uh, and Liza's editing the book, so yeah. she's getting <laughs> intimate details yeah. about their relationship. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it was. It was. I thought it was a pretty good twist uh, that it wasn't. You know, it wasn't readily available. Like when she just shows up and stuff like that, and then you find out. It's like, did you? Does she look like this? <laughs> and he's like, why do you have a picture of? And, that was that was pretty good, but yeah, I like that. Uh, like you said, that they've actually gone into that. Uh, the moment a couple episodes ago, or I think it was, at, or no, it was the pre was it the previous episode to this one uh, that he has that he does the the revelation at the end. I can't remember. I, I watched a couple episodes in a row and I can't remember where that was. I think it was the it previous been, episode. Uh, yeah, it's an episode or two before this, somewhere in there where. He just ordered it out, ordered it out and like, then everybody what? comes in, and you're like, that was also, like, came out of, like, that scene, that was one of those that made me go, wait, is the season over? Like, is that, because that, that seems, it seems such, like, a cliffhanger type of thing, uh, to have such a big, that in the middle of the season, and so, but good that you know, they're finally doing it because now 
they're actually pursuing it a little bit and uh, and making out in his office. Yeah. <laughs> Just cause. Getting, getting caught by the janitorial staff. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there. Uh, yeah, we were just uh, having a meeting. And we were just uh, knock some stuff off the desk. Uh, Oops. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about? Here we've gotten. Well, they've been sort of hinting at it, but then they stopped uh, with Kelsey and. Uh, why am I forgetting his? Trash. Yeah, with the. Putting those two together, I like that they sort of, sort of went there and they went, well, we can't, like, that, it wouldn't be right, like, especially like right now, we can't, we can't do it. What do you think of that pairing or that, that direction that they've sort of been going at? I hope they don't go there. I mean, I like the two of them as characters, but not everybody that's yeah. opposite sex has to be together. Yeah. I like <laughs> them I as like, friends. And I like them introducing this Irish bartender who he has a lot in common with, so that's a good thing. So just as friends, I think, is okay. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Like, uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the whole idea, I mean, it might be a foreign concept to, like, my mom or something <laughs> like that, that you, <laughs> you can have... <laughs> A, a friend who's a female, you know, and be male, and it not be romantic, you know, like there, that is a possibility you know, <laughs> yeah. that it exists. Uh, I I do like that in TV shows on the occasion that that happens, where you actually get like that's a twist and a different way to go because they almost always end up putting people together and and stuff like that. So the, I like them. I like when she moved in. Even though they were hinting at that could be the, the thing, I like that they've sort of... They were in the same boat. Like, they were the only... Now only a couple people that knew and somebody yeah, to talk to. to talk about, yeah. <laughs> There's somebody to vent, vent to and stuff like that. Uh, what else about the, the season so far is... Uh, um, that's the main stuff. I like the... Uh, the... <laughs> the whole thing earlier with the art, with the the one lady who, who her thing was chain, like getting art from other people and then putting Montana on it, yeah, <laughs> to, to, to change it and and the, the the reaction to that and uh, so, you know, some that, of those that wasn't great for Maggie. <laughs> yes, some of those uh, some of those uh, side storylines have been. Uh, have been all right. I'm interested in at least what they show as a preview of what's going to air tonight as we're recording this is both Josh and Charles getting up at the same uh, company picnic since he, he like, I think he comes as a friend with Kelsey or whatever and uh, it looks like they're going to end up, you know, meeting because he's only really seen him <laughs> kissing his girlfriend <laughs> right. he was about to propose and uh, so that could be that could be an interesting storyline to see where that where that goes in the in the next episode yeah and uh, but what do you think about how they're you know they are doing things putting Liza and Charles together a little bit here with plenty of complications that they've added into it. But with, she's made this promise to Kelsey to not 
you know, for not to get out to anybody else, but yet she kind of, you know, she wanted to tell him, like, to get into a relationship with somebody. Right. And he's also that's, her boss, that, so that's and, a little complicated. You know, and it's, uh, but it's, there's a big, that's a big thing. Um, what do you think about, how long can you, how long do you think they can go before it comes out to other people? before other people start finding out, before more people know. Because it's starting to get... <laughs> even though the storyline, timeline-wise, like, the actual time that the story is taking has not been four years. Like, the, <laughs> like <laughs> we're in season four. It's not been four years. It's been, I think, still less than a year, really. Uh, that, But it's starting to, even at that point, it's starting to go past where... Believable, right. that she's pulling this off, especially with people close to her, and uh, especially with people about to get that close. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, what, how long do you think that they can still go before maybe Charles finds out or other people? I, I the one I really want to see her reaction find out is her boss. I want to see because she's always giving the advice. To, you know the younger woman of like what except they're the same age and yeah. they've been through some of the same things and uh, uh, I, what do you what do you think about how much longer they can go before more people know I mean I'm glad that Kelsey finally found out at the end of last season because I was starting to get a little <laughs> too, too much how, how much longer do you think they can go with this they're going to drag it out as long as possible <laughs> I think it's going to still take some time. I think it's probably inevitable that Charles is going to find out, especially if they go forward with the relationship. It's only a matter of time before it, her daughter calls or shows up or something, and then she has to explain why she has a 20-something daughter. So I think it's only a matter of time. But they probably will drag it out as long yeah. as possible. Well, it's likely, <laughs> in these types of things, it's likely that he finds out not from her, and which only causes more potential problems. Like, it's one thing to find out actually from the person, but to even then go, well, remember when we were about to make out on your desk? And I said, I need to tell you something. And you said, I don't know, we're, I'm, I'm tired of talking. We've done too much talking. That's what I was going to tell you. So you, you shouldn't be mad. You told me not to tell you. Uh, that probably won't come off well. That usually create you know it creates more more problems for you know that will be the thing that'll cause the wedge to be able to I think they can go continue on with telling the stories and it'll still be interesting without that hook I don't think it's, sure. that's necessarily uh, needed any longer like I think it worked for a while and and stuff but it's with the core I don't think it's needed anymore. Uh, you think so? Uh, you're kind of agreeing with that? Like, you don't think you think the show could continue on, like past that, like once the core people know? Yeah. I think when you were first talking about this show and it's about our premiere, you were talking, "How long are they gonna be able to hold this on <laughs> yeah. doing this?" And now we're yeah. four seasons later, and still not everybody knows. I think it's funny, but I think they'll keep going. And even if after everybody knows, it'll be fine. It might be complicated for her work situation a little bit, but I think they'll be fine. 
Yeah, it's it just... Uh, I think sometimes shows that have a hook like that or something that's so ingrained into what the beginning of the show was, they try and stick with it well past when you actually need to stick with it because they think that's the thing. And now I think it's... We've all come to like these characters. Right. And I think people that like the show would continue on to follow these characters even if there wasn't this you know, cloak and dagger aspect of it of trying to keep this secret or something like that. Uh, uh, so I'm always interested to see like how long they'll keep going because after a while, I think the audience tires of it and the thing they think that they need to keep for the show is the thing that starts pushing people away from the show in season 5 or season 6 if it were to continue on that far. Right. And... So yeah, I'm interested to see how far they go with that. And uh, but where do you think where do you think things are going to go for the second half of the season here, like towards the towards the end into the finale? Do you think Charles finds out before the end of the season, or do you think that's something that they that like a season ender type of thing they did, like they did with Kelsey last year, or do you think they they push it off even even farther, or do you think he finds out before the end of the season? I think they'll probably push it up until at least next season. I think we don't have that many for about half the seasons or episodes are left, so we could prolong it a little bit. <laughs> I have a feeling that you might be right. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I don't want it to go that far, but because it's but I think very it, successful on yeah, TV events, they yeah. want to go as long as they can. Yes. I, I still think there is that there's that balance of where you stick with the thing but you stick with it too long and then you start turning people away that's happened with I think this happened with a few shows that have something like that as the as the core of what the show started as you know that they need to they think they need to stick with that right and uh, but right now it hasn't gotten to that point yet for me right. that, it's, that it's pushing me away. I still like, like I said, I like the characters. I like watching them interact. I like watching, like, the two generations interact and her... <laughs> I do enjoy her trying to be... Uh, yeah, sometimes... Sometimes it feels a little fake. Like, you go... Now, somebody that's that age wouldn't might know what that is like it would be like a completely foreign subject that you're like what I have no idea what you're talking about and you're just like really uh, but for the most part I think that some of that stuff is fun uh, but like I said her with her boss that's all that's those are some of the favorite moments when <laughs> when she's giving her advice on stuff that she clearly would know you know she knows yeah. stuff like that and uh, so alright that's a uh, I think that's a, enough about uh, Younger and uh, where we are halfway through season four. And uh, thanks, Stephanie, for for joining me on TV Times 3 to talk uh, TV here at the Podcast Movement. Sitting here <laughs> in, well, I'm not even sure what you call this section of the, with the with all the booths of people that are trying to sell products and things like that. Exhibition uh, hall, maybe? Yeah, the exhibition hall segment uh, at Podcast Movement. We get some tables in the back to, lots of to rest up at. Ambiance. Uh, yeah, it gets so, so if you're wondering what the background noise was <laughs> in this segment, that's what you were hearing. <laughs> all right. Thanks for having me.
And joining me now is... I'm Jason Cabassi, and I do the Game of Microphones podcast, among other things. And uh, we're here to talk about the latest episode of uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, here we are in uh, Season 7, Episode 6, uh, Beyond the Wall. Talked, to it early, talked about it uh, earlier in this podcast uh, with uh, Troy Heinrichs. And uh, now, who's, who's somebody that just blazed through the first six seasons of the show so that you could get ready to watch yeah. this the seventh season. There's but a bunch been, of those yeah. people just but you've been, right now. They're like, but you've I'm been, tired uh, of hearing about this. Yeah, I'm going to watch yeah. it. But you've been watching it all along, so and you podcast about it, and so yeah. get a, a diff, maybe a different perspective maybe. on it. Uh, but uh, So what have you uh, thought about, you know, what did you think about this uh, last episode and, so mm-hmm. you know, the season so far? I've heard... That some other Game of Thrones podcasters have been kind of um, critical about this episode, but I thought it was fantastic, and I think this is one of the best shows ever made. So I'm I'm pretty stoked. This season, I do I, I do agree. It's a little bit jarring that suddenly the pacing is different. Everything's happening so fast, um, and it feels like the writers are like, "Okay, let's wrap it up." Yeah. <laughs> but it's also really satisfying, and you know, all this stuff is paying off. So um, I'm 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 really happy with the show. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think we, we talked a, we talked a bunch about the the pacing of things in the the earlier segment uh, about Game of Thrones about the season seven because. <laughs> He definitely noticed it. Like he watched. Yeah. Like I joked that he quickly watched six seasons of a slowly paced show. And now so he's, that now he's watching a fastly <laughs> paced show. <laughs> but it, but he's having to wait week after week to watch it. That's interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's the. I don't mind the speeding up of the pace of story or getting and finally getting characters. Together that we haven't seen together and and things like that. The thing that's jarring with the pacing to me is I feel like there's a little bit of a lack of care. Locations. Well, of of timeline. Is I feel like I lose track of... Like, I'm fine if you want to cut out the whole journey from one place to another. But then when you move the story from the character, you know, from like John leaving and going someplace. And you figure that's got to take some time. When you move the story to another segment, I got to feel that that same amount of time has right. has moved there. But sometimes it feels like they're still telling the same thing there. Like you yeah. know, like I mean, you like know, the Arya feels like has been like that though. Yeah, but to I, an extent, kind of. But I, it. but there's been more more where apparent you, now. But when somebody leaves someplace, it's three episodes later. So they get to the place a lot of times, and yeah. then you see the other things taking place, and then you can kind of see the time move. Yeah, and I so know what you're saying. Yeah. and so it, some of it is not that. Uh, I mean, I think it's because of the you know the stories that are being told in the different areas. Is sometimes it feels like that's something that would have happened quickly. Right, and not it's still like, be happening. I, mean, I always like weeks later or something. Empire Strikes Back. Spoilers for Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> where um, Luke goes off to Dagobah to be trained in the Force with Yoda, and in that same time frame, we see Han and Leia in Cloud City, confronted by Darth Vader, imperiled by Darth Vader. Luke senses it and goes off to save them. So 
he only got trained for however long it took Han and Leia to go to Cloud City and be in trouble. <laughs> That's his whole Jedi training. It's like, what, you know, oh, maybe, I mean, some people have said, well, maybe in Cloud City they were actually there for a few months, but they just didn't show it. But I don't really <laughs> buy that, you know? <laughs> so it's like that, right? Yeah. Kind of. But I still love that movie, and I love Game of Thrones. And I, you know, I get it, but I'm just like, wow, it's such a complicated story that yeah. uh, I, I, I'm willing to forgive it. It is a flaw, for sure. But um, Well, I think it's, it's okay. the thing for me that occasionally pulls me out of it. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's uh, after, you know, six seasons of it being one way, like you said, it feels like, okay we got to wrap this yeah. thing up. That is what's happening. And that's, yeah, it's definitely... Because they're like, we need... Yeah, they, they decided it's two more seasons for whatever reason, and they're short seasons, so they're like, well, we need to get through these story points. So in order to do that, we're going to have to speed up the pace and not show, unpack it like we used to. And it's weird, and I wish they would have actually kept up with the same pace and gone a couple extra seasons, but... um but at, at the same time, I mean, I've, I've been saying it feels a little bit like fan fiction right now, but in the most satisfying <laughs> way, you know, the best done fan fiction ever. <laughs> well, yeah, they've had some, uh, you know, some uh, nice, uh, you know, fan servicey lines and stuff like that yeah. with the, you know, like, uh, yeah, rowing. <laughs> so you're not still just a rowing. So in this last episode, like like that. When, uh, get, they send Gendry off to Eastwatch. You're the fastest one. Yeah. And he run. I'm like, oh, we're not going to see him again for another four seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it was the same pace as before. Uh, yeah. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing of like, is the stark contrast of, the, the episode opens with they're walking and 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 they're walking and, they're walking and it seems and like a show runs back. and then it yeah. seems like he gets back really fast and you see that they have been you know stuck out there on that little rock or whatever in the middle of the the frozen lake for a while and that it may have taken him some time to to run back and he was obviously tired once he got back yeah. but then you include that and you include sending a raven and then the time to fly dragons over and stuff like that and you're like so how long were they on that rock and uh... well it turns out they were there for six weeks (laughs) (laughs) they had lots of rations (laughs) they were gonna go until somebody got bored through a rock and then they were like oh it's frozen again let's uh let's head out there when he threw that rock um i was like dude you can't just leave well enough alone. But then my friend's like, that's what Sander Clegane does. He just jabs at things and picks at things. <laughs> but I love that when the rock flew across and knocked the, yeah. the white's jaw off. He's like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> but then the next one lands a little short. And yeah. you're like, oops. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I was actually not supposed to be on that episode of my podcast. Um, but after I saw it, I was like, I'm going on. Because I, I, I also do Walking Dead, and, and it's a zombie-heavy episode. And I just, like, I got to talk about this one. So we had four of us instead of three that week. Yeah, what do you uh, what do you think about... I mean, there's been... I mean, you tend to get the action-heavy episode, like, right before the final episode. Yeah. And they they show some scenes from next week. It looks like we're going to get, you know, even more characters that haven't really been together before are going to be together mm-hmm. in this big, uh, uh, you know, meeting of all these different sides and stuff like that. What do you think's going to... What do you think's going to happen in, uh, when all these uh, groups get together and... Yeah. And now that they've got 
one of these zombies. <laughs> you know, they, right. they did actually capture one. Crazy, I know. Um, I mean, what they want to happen is to show the zombie to Cersei and have her join them, so I think that probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty weird if it just worked out fine for everybody. So I think uh, Cersei will somehow throw a wrench in the works, but I really don't. I don't know what, how. Uh, I think they, they were keeping the title of the episode a secret for a while, but it's they put it out today. It's can I say it? Yeah, it's a, what is it's it? A dragon and yeah, the wolf. Dragon I think. And the wolf. Maybe they'll get married. Maybe that's what it means. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, there's so many different things there. Like, you know, yeah, with that title, it's like, what does that? What does that mean? You know, and uh, I mean, it could yeah, be is, is, is John learns that he's a Targaryen. Yeah, he's, he's both. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's so many. Which I, I hope that does happen next week. I hope he finally learns. I want to see that. Yeah, there's that's a that's another thing that's bothered me a little bit is is we have all of this information out there that we as an audience have seen and yeah. are surmising that this is the thing, and there's people that know things and have seen things. But even like when Bran comes back, like he's not sharing any of the stuff that he mm-hmm. saw with any, you know, like with his sisters or anybody. And he did say, and, uh, "I need to talk to John." Yeah, but yeah, he's not telling that. But he, yeah, he's not uh, he's spacing out. Yeah, it just uh, it seems like there's there's been a little bit of we're holding back because we don't want to finally tell this thing yet. Not because the characters it, wouldn't tell each yeah, other. Yeah, and so it feels a little. Like they're doing, like it's it's. You can see the writer's hand at work yeah. in the the worst the show I can think of that did that was Lost, where you had characters that really should tell each other stuff. <laughs> they never did. <laughs> never. <laughs> People died because of it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I I did I was glad to hear um, Brand say he needed to talk to John because I assumed that's what he was going to tell, and they just haven't been in contact yeah. yet. Hopefully he'll learn that. See, I'm I'm interested to see what happens in the next episode uh, because this has been well, like we talked about, a quicker pace and stuff like that, but a little more actiony. Yeah, there's been a lot more of that type of stuff happening in in a lot of the episodes, and so this looks like it might get back to some of the more political s drama right. type of stuff. I mean, uh, I was glad to see... I, some people think that Arya and Sansa are totally playing Littlefinger, or that one of them is. I don't think so. I think his plan is coming together exactly as he wants it to, and it, it's good to see him uh, manipulating things so effectively like he used to in the series, even though I hate him, and he's the yeah. one character I most want to see yeah. get killed. Before that happens, I'd like to see him be back to his slimy, manipulating self, which he is right now, you know? So at least there's some of that. Before but, he ends up on Arya's list. Yeah. On a, with head on a pike or something. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even more than Cersei, I, I think. Because he, he, it's his fault that Ned's dead, really. He, he put into motion a series of events back in season one that led to that. So he, and Santa doesn't even know that, so he really needs to get what he deserves. Yeah, he's definitely been like the, for, I mean, we see it, right. they show it's us and stuff like that, but, yeah. <laughs> but, 
but he's sort of like this invisible hand at work about all these different things that all these other characters don't realize that uh, he's been behind uh, a lot of those things. And uh, he's been playing like a different game, <laughs> you know, yeah. a different version of the game than uh, everybody else has. With and do the, you think that too, that he's actually playing Arya and Sansa really well right now? or Yeah, I've... Putting them against each other and everything. Yeah, I think so. I was... I was kind of a little disappointed. I was hoping that like Arya would be smarter than that. I know by now, and like wouldn't that, she was uh, so psycho this last yeah, time? It was you know, a that, little bit uh, much. That she wasn't, uh, you know. That she, I was, I was a little bummed that after all her training and all this stuff, that she would fall so easily for what looks to be him manipulating the situation and stuff like that. But she was trained by a creepy death cult. <laughs> she really feels like the waif to me in this recent. It was like almost like the same character, just creepy, dangerous little girl. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So, so with that uh, going into, you know, we've got we don't know what's really going to happen. Like it, it's a uh, going. Were you? I can't remember. Were you a book reader? Did no. you read the books beforehand? You were. We have some people on the podcast to cover that so i'm the one who doesn't know yeah and uh so i i've been i've been all along kind of interested of where and how things were going to go like once they got past the books uh in that you don't have the potential spoilers from like people that have read things going oh i know what's gonna happen well we we have an episode (laughs) an extra episode every week called the still smug book talk section because (laughs) my friend duncan who's read all the books and he's like a game of thrones encyclopedia i said oh you can't be smug anymore and he's like yes i can because he still gets a lot of insights from stuff in the books you know so we do that (laughs) but yeah Uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting now that you can't really know for sure what's going to happen. Well, I've, I've, I've liked the potential idea that if they really talked and if they really go to an ending that is like the ending that George R. R. Martin had in, you know, had in mind, that uh, I like the idea that in the final couple seasons that this show becomes spoilery for the books. Yeah. <laughs> it swaps. But I wonder if... I, I, sometimes when I read interviews with him, I get the feeling that he's... Uh, a little resentful that the show's finishing up before him and that he might actually just change yeah. the book from what he intended, you know, just to be different. Just to go, just yeah. to go a different way. But he's also said uh, just little hints of things where he says, well, they killed this character in the show, but actually that person's going to be important in the book. So I know there will be some differences, and I may go back and read yeah. the books uh, once this is all done, but I just didn't want to be spoiled on anything, so I never got into them. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't read a lot of the, the stuff. I'm always, I always find out about these book series and stuff like that when they become a TV show. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that sounds I interesting. Game of Thrones, too, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, and then you, you you see like a friend or something like that that's all of a sudden like, oh, awesome! Like, I've been hoping that this would become like a movie, or and you're just like, wait, what? What, what is, is it? You know, <laughs> why is so... Spider Man was a comic book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> really? Before Tobey Maguire? Yeah. Oh, man. Did he get bit by a radioactive spider in the comics, too? Uh, <laughs> but he had web shooters. Yeah. Not, like, stuff coming out of his wrists. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's funny, yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I think... Uh, I think a little bit different... Uh, Take. 
a little bit different take from uh, from Troy. You're definitely on the uh, well. Some of the similar things may bother you, but you don't care because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're getting enough of the other stuff that you've been wanting to yes. see, and that, and it's been and it's been done so well. Yeah, uh, like true. the I mean. The special effects and the the cinematography and stuff and like even, that. This has been fantastic. You and, said there were more action, and that's true. But they're still slowing down and having great character moments that are fun and, and like all the different pairings of the Magnificent Seven that just happened. You know, with uh, especially like Sander Clegane talking to Tormund about Brienne. You, know, <laughs> you should see the way she looks at me. Oh, like she wants to eat your liver? You do not. <laughs> that just cracks me up. You know, it's still. I just think it's still a really good show. Yeah. <laughs> a little lighthearted banter as yeah. you're walking beyond the wall. <laughs> yeah, I like the other with the. What was it? One of the other ones that was like, I've never seen snow until. You know? uh, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> never. It's a brand new experience. One guy on our podcast who's. 45 years old he said I've never seen snow either can you believe that he's never been to live in Hawaii I'm like dude I'm taking you to Tahoe yeah, yeah just, uh, yeah, just uh, one winter just to, you gotta go yeah, see, especially on. if you're someplace not that far away you gotta go at least once to see exactly. some snow that's all <laughs> with you uh, alright well uh Thanks for uh, joining me and Thank talking you. some uh, some fun. more Game of Thrones on this uh, Super fun. podcast movement special episode of TV <laughs> Times 3. Well, that'll do it for episode 380 of the TV Times 3 podcast. We'll have links in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 380 to where you can find all of the podcasts from all of my guests. And thank you again to Troy, Wayne, Jason, and Stephanie for joining me on this episode. Uh, and recording these segments uh, at the Podcast Movement Conference. On the next episode, we'll be back uh, to normal format, as it'll be me and Amory and Kyle back talking about uh, the uh, fall TV season and uh, what's all coming uh, on the broadcast networks. So until next time, thanks for listening.